back to, well, I don't know. Welcome back to my podcast. So today's episode, I'm kind of just going to go to flow, honestly, because I feel like this is on my heart. This is on my mind. So usually I would have something kind of like not picked out, but you know, like my topics already planned out, kind of like not having a script, but like knowing what direction I want to go in. But today I'm just like, I don't want to go in any direction. I just want to go with the flow. I just want to talk and speak from my heart. So that's what I'm going to do. And I'm probably going to cry. I might just get emotional, but I mean, I feel like that's a part of being transparent and a part of the reason why I even started this podcast to just be vulnerable with the people that listen and with myself so that I can speak on anything, literally, and not feel like, you know, because I feel like that's a part of being authentic and like having a platform like this. You want to be your most open self, in my opinion. Like if you watch um, the Know For Sure podcast with B. Simone and Megan, then you know, like, they're very open, they're very transparent, they talk about real things that go on with them, so I feel like, yeah, that's just, like, that's the biggest thing for me, but anyways, thanks for tuning in, thanks for always listening to me and enjoying what I talk about, because sometimes I do be talking about (laughs) some crazy things, and then I can be serious, and then I can be, yeah, but shout out to y'all, because y'all be tuning in, I be looking at the analytics, but anyways, so lately, I've been feeling really down, and I don't, I don't claim depression, because I always say that every day, I'm not depressed, this is, that's not something I'm going to put on myself, but I don't know what to call it. Like, I just been, my mood has just been down. I've been having this lonely feeling, which I don't know. I feel like being in a city by yourself, I guess, sometimes you'll feel lonely. But I think the loneliness honestly stems from, like, something within me. Because a lot of times I may feel lonely and like, damn, I don't got nobody you know, nobody cares, but I feel like I do have people in my life that care. I do have people that want me to be okay and want the best for me, but I feel like in my head, I'm just like, no, because I'm so used to people, um, being temporary. (laughs) Oh my God. Damn. I just started two minutes in and here come the tears, (laughs) but no, I'm so used to people being temporary and being used to disappointment that the people that are in my life, I wouldn't say that I tend to push them away. I would say I tend to already have my mind made up before I give them the opportunity to prove that, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be this type of person like friendships, relationships, family, for sure. Family. I don't really give anyone the chance. I like not play me, but you know, I don't give anyone that opportunity because from the jump, I'm like, yeah, you, I know you're not going to be a good person. I know that you're going to be temporary. I know that you're going to be a disappointment. And I feel like sometimes like not having expectations can be helpful, but it's only damaging when you have that type of negative mindset. Like, yes, if you avoid, you know, these super duper high expectations and you do avoid getting hurt. But if you have the expectations like mine, like, oh, this person is this. It's kind of like you're already 
saying something about their character before you give them the opportunity to show you their actual character, like who they actually are, not the person that you have in your head because you're hurting, which is something I had to sit with myself. And I feel like that's another reason why I may feel lonely, but I need to be alone, if that makes sense. Like, I kind of talk to God. Like, I talk to God every day. I have a very strong relationship, but... I feel like I, I one day I like really sat down and I was like, you know what, like these next six months, I'm just doing me. I'm focusing on myself, my growth, my goals, like focusing, focusing, not just talking about it, but like being about it, putting the faith in the work into the things that I want for myself. And that's just not even um that's just not even any type of goal. Like people say, Oh, I wanna buy a house and that like it's bigger than monetary for me. Like to to want to really grind to have peace, to grind to have joy, like internally, to grind to have like a better faith or a better trust with people. Like that's what I want to focus on. The other stuff, yes, I do want to focus on that too. But I feel like I'm not gonna be able to get to those monetary goals or get to uh like those school goals if the inside of me isn't okay. Because if your mental is bad, you're not gonna be able to accomplish anything. Basically. You're not going to be able, I'm not going to be able to get my schoolwork done. I'm not going to be able to focus at work. I'm not going to be able to do nothing because I'm not okay. So that's something like I had to sit down and really think about and like, damn, I tell myself all the time because sometimes I'll be like, damn, I'm really lonely as fuck. But um, I try, I try to say that I'm alone, but I'm not lonely. I'm alone. Yes, I'm in my room by myself. I'm at home by myself. I'm alone, but I'm not lonely. I have I have a small circle. I have God if I don't got nobody else. And I have myself. So when I do get down, I'm like, damn, this shit sucks. Like, I don't got nobody in my corner. But it's like, sometimes you need to sit by yourself. And sometimes you need to be alone for a season just to really get yourself together in every single aspect. And I think the hardest part about that... Is probably like, <laughs> this is like the second time at this point. It's probably like, when you are alone and you're really analyzing, you really like find out about yourself and you find out about things that you thought that you were over, but you're not. And I think that's something that kind of like slapped me in the face because I was good. Like, at the beginning of the year, I feel like I was good. I feel like I was okay. And I think sometimes we convince ourselves that healing has a time frame when it doesn't. So, all the work that I did the past, like, year and a half, it's kind of like, in my head, I felt like, okay, I'm healed. I'm, I'm in a better space. But healing can take time. Like, I don't, I don't feel like anyone's healed. I don't care what anybody says. Like, that's just my opinion. I feel like you're continuing to heal like every day you're healing every day you're evolving you're changing so it's kind of like I had to get out of the mindset that oh this is the amount of time I need to heal this is the amount of time that I need to, I need to be done healing March 2023 no my healing needs to be done I need to be healed but that's just not reality and the more time I spent by myself the more time I pray the more time I spent journaling it was like, damn, I still got stuff that I thought I was okay and I thought I was over, but I'm not. And I had to give myself grace because I'm my biggest critic and I'm not a perfectionist, but close to a perfectionist. Like, 
in my head, I'm like, uh-uh, you don't got time for that. Like, you need to be okay. But I had to really be for real and be like, okay, look, you have this going on and you need to deal with it. Because if you just sit there and let it just stay inside you and build up, you're not really healing from it. And you're not putting in the work to heal from it because you're avoiding it. And avoiding is not healing. Acting like something doesn't exist isn't healing. You're just pretending at that point. And you're not going to get better if you don't really like sit in it and understand it and and take the time out to be like, okay, this is what I want to change. This is who I want to forgive. This is what I want to let go of. Because other than that, you're just convincing yourself you're okay. You're not okay. And we all know like, that path just continues to destruct you. Pretending that you're good and you're not, literally you're just going to self-destruct. And and then you go into depression. And then you go into having anxiety. And then you go into having, you know, even suicidal thoughts. You go into self-harming. You don't realize that you need to take a step back. And that's something that I didn't realize because I thought I had it figured out. And then the more time I spent alone... I was like, damn, this this part of me is still hurting. This part of me is still sad. And lately, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. But um, lately, I feel like my inner child has really been like speaking to me, like a lot speaking to me. And it's kind of it's I don't want to say scary, but it's just my opinion, like hearing a little voice. And, like, I feel that in me. Like, when I hear her speak or when I'm sad or even the days that I try to just keep pushing, I feel like I hear her. And I feel like, I feel like that, like, hurts me the most because I'm like, damn, like, it's like you're trying to comfort a part of you, but you don't know how to. And sometimes, like, I'll be not okay. And I'll have to tell myself, like, it's okay. Like, literally talk to myself like a little girl. Because nobody did that when I was a little girl. So now it's like I can see in my life, like, in certain situations where I kind of yearn for somebody to be gentle with me and somebody to be nice to me and somebody to be kind to me. So it's kind of like, that's why I'm so sensitive now because I noticed that people were not kind to me when I was a little girl. They weren't. And I'm not talking about small, like, oh, bullying, like, okay, yeah, bullying. But in my home, people weren't kind to me. So the slightest things now as an adult hurt my feelings and I'm going to be boo crying because I was getting my feelings hurt and there was nothing I could do about it. And I don't think people realize that a lot of times, like even children that get abused, like their their kids, they can't they can vouch for themselves to a certain extent. They don't have anybody there. They can't basically they can't rescue themselves. They can't help themselves. So when family is mean to kids or you shut them out or you yell at them and all this other stuff, they can only vouch for themselves so much because God forbid they talked back. God forbid they they spoke up for themselves. They would be in trouble. So I feel like a lot of times my inner child, she'll be speaking to me and just like, if something hurts, she'll be like, oh, why did this person leave us? Like, how come, 
how come people always leave us? How come people always hurt us? And it's like, you're trying to comfort that part of you that's inside of you. Like, oh no, it's okay. Like, you know, it's sometimes people leave, like, it's okay. And I literally have to talk to myself like that. I literally have to be so gentle with myself because nobody was ever gentle with me. I remember as a kid, I wasn't even allowed to cry. I wasn't allowed to cry. In my household, there was no reason for you to be crying. There was nothing wrong with you. You needed to pray and you needed to move on. You need to forgive and you need to move on. That's that's how I was raised. There was no crying. Because what are you crying for? There was nobody to say what is wrong with you. There was nobody to say what's bothering you. So all those years, imagine bottling things up, bottling things up, bottling things up. And then you get to adulthood and you're like, fuck. I never even I never even got to talk about this. And I feel like that's why some stuff still hurts me because it's like, damn, you got something bottled up from when you were five years old because no one ever asked you about it. You never got to vent about it. You never got to talk about it. And now being 25, now it's like, okay, well, now I can heal this part. Oh, thank God. It was like a relief. But at the same time, like, damn, 20, 20 years, 20 years later, I can vent about this. 20 years later, I can speak up. 20 years later. I'm allowed to be sad. I'm allowed to cry because now I'm a crybaby. And I know that that comes from, I didn't get to cry for years. I didn't even get to damn near take naps. There was none of that going on in my household. And so I just know that my inner child, I feel like she wants to be rescued. A lot of times I feel like sometimes when I get hurt, I want someone to rescue. I, I I want someone, not even someone, but like it's just like a feeling of just like, damn, like you want to escape. You want someone to help you. You want someone to rescue. Like hear me crying out. Hear feel me being going into a depression. Like somebody. Like it's like you're yelling inside of you like your inner child is just yelling and screaming, and they want to come out and they want to be better, but you no one hears you. So just imagine like screaming and like, you know, those little rooms where you can soundproof rooms, like imagine screaming in one of those and nobody can hear you. Nobody can hear. So no one comes to open that door. No one comes to check on you. No, no one asks you how you're doing. No one asks you how you're feeling. And you just want that so bad. And it's like, oh, uh, you just you're letting it all out. And I feel my inner child screaming a lot of times and like, damn, you know, somebody, Ooh, I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> somebody help me. Like some somebody like come help me. Somebody come help me. And once I started noticing her yell, like I'm saying her like it's not me, but y'all get what I'm saying. <laughs> once I started noticing her like screaming out for help, I had to sit with myself and be like, Well, where did that start? Why does she why does she want to be rescued so bad? And I had to like this is this is personal. Ew. Okay, no, for real, stop. <laughs> okay, so I remember when I was five years old. I don't want to say five, damn. I keep saying five years old, but anyways, I remember being in elementary school. It had to be like five, six, or seven because it wasn't. I know I wasn't in like um I wasn't in fifth grade or fourth grade yet. But anyways, um, elementary school. I was getting abused at home and I didn't know that it was, it was abuse until I got older. But anywho, when I was in elementary school and, you know, going through that and I remember 
that I used to stand in the mirror and I would just punch myself in the eye like repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. And I would do it to where my eye would literally be black. Like, it would be dark. It wouldn't be, like, black as hell, but it would just be dark enough for someone to notice. And I would just be like, you know what? Like, this is going to be my way out of this house. I I didn't want to run away. I was a little-ass girl. I didn't know how to run away from home. And I was scary. So, yeah, I wasn't about to run away from home. We didn't even live in a neighborhood. So, um, I would do that before school. And I would just be hoping and praying on the bus ride, like, Oh, I hope my teacher sees this. Like, I hope my teacher asks me what's going on. So that way I don't have to be in this house. I don't have to endure pain anymore. I, I needed a way out so bad. And imagine a little girl doing that to herself because she needs to get away so bad. And I mean, I guess I didn't not even try to be funny, but like dark humor. Um, <laughs> I guess it wasn't that bad because my teachers never really noticed. They never really pull me to the side they never asked me you know was everything okay but I just knew like I knew before school like oh this is gonna work like I'm gonna get out of this house I don't have to be hurting no more and that's where like that inner child like screaming wanting to be rescued comes from because I know being in that room and just in like the things that I went through nobody came to help me no no adults in that house checked on me. No adults in that house asked me was I okay. They they didn't think anything of it. Nobody did that for me. Nobody came and my mom, she was a single parent, so she worked at night. She did what she had to do. I'm not mad at her for it, but I know it's at one point um in my adulthood I was angry with her and I didn't I didn't understand. I kept telling myself like, "Damn, like why were you at work? Like, I can just feel myself crying. Like, why weren't you there for me? Like, I needed you and you wasn't there. And I had to grow up and be like, okay, well, you know, she did what she had to do. She couldn't, she couldn't be there. She had the job she had. She needed to work. She didn't have no help. But it was just like, damn, like, being so young and wanting somebody to just take you out of a bad situation and they don't and you feel disappointed at that point at that point in my life I guarantee that's the day that I I just felt like disappointment was what it what it was and so now in my adulthood and the friendships relationships and things that I have I'm like you you gonna be just like this person you just like this person disappointment like being disappointed by all the adults and and literally betrayed in my opinion let down by all the adults they were supposed to be my village. You know how they like to talk. They were supposed to be my village and nobody came. Nobody came at all. And in my opinion, I wouldn't say the things that I endured got worse as I got older. But they kind of they kind of began to escalate at that point. Some of the things that I had to go through escalated. And... That's kind of where the disappointment in my dad came from because you are he already wasn't present. And I just know I remember um, I had to be in middle school at this point because, yeah, in middle school, like we would go to our dad's house on the weekends and weekdays would be at our mom, of course, because we had school. And, you know, I would just get my backpack ready, be having, having my backpack on 
sitting by the door and waiting and waiting and waiting and, and having this grown ass man not show up. But t- but he tells me, oh, I'm gonna pick you up at eight. And it's now midnight and you're calling him and calling him. And he's like, oh, I'm on my way. But he's been on his way for four hours. So it's like the situations that transpired in my life just continue, continue, continue to be disappointing to the point where now at 25, I'm like, well, fuck you. I know you're going to disappoint me. I know you ain't going to be about shit. I'm not even I'm not even going to have no good expectations of you because I know how this goes. And now that's what I mean. Like you think that you're healing. You're not because it's like I don't want to act like that. I don't want to be that person that's like, damn. I already know. Now, yes, I will say that I pray for discernment in everything. And I do ask God, like, okay, remove these people. They're not for me. When I can feel that in me, that's different. But when it's somebody new or anything, it's just like I'm automatically on defense with myself. And I'm automatically like, I'm not even going to give you the opportunity to play with me. I'm not even going to give you the chance to disappoint me because I already think you're a disappointment. So that way, when it does happen, I'm less hurt. When in reality, you already hurt. In reality, I'm already hurting because why do you think that way? You know what I'm saying? So it's like I'm continuing to heal. I'm continuing to grow. I'm continuing to like break down my feelings so I know where they came from and I know why I feel the way I feel. And I know, okay, so when I get the, when I heal this part, I'll be able to navigate this area in my life better. When I heal this other part, okay, now I can navigate this part better. Like everything, in my opinion, the actions we do now as adults reflect on childhood. Even even if it's bad, even if it's good, you got your your thought process from somewhere. You think and you do certain things and feel a certain way. Most of the time, it stems from something that was years ago or that was before. And so I know once I got older and and that's part of the reason why I moved away from my hometown, because I was just like, this is a, this is a time for escape. Like I'm, I'm about to get away. And that's why it kind of plays into when I'd be like, damn, I'm lonely. At the same time, I need to be like, I couldn't be in that house. I told my mom before, like, if I stay in that house, I would kill myself. And I meant it because I've tried to do that twice. Not funny. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Anyways, I tried to do that twice when I lived at that house. And I was like, this is so bad. I knew that I wanted to grow. I knew that I wanted to be a better version of myself. When did I move here? Almost three years ago. So I was 22. Oh my God. That's crazy. But anyways, 22 years old, I knew like, okay, I can't, I can't grow in this house. I cannot grow and heal from the environment and go back to the environment. Like, you know, I can't go to therapy for the environment and then be like, oh, after my therapy session, I'm going to go back to the environment. And the environment hasn't evolved. The environment hasn't changed. Everyone's still stuck in their same ways. They're still acting the same way they did as when I was a kid. So it's like, no, I knew that if I didn't get away, I wouldn't be here. And that kind of keeps me going, honestly, now as an adult, because it's like, damn, imagine that day. Imagine if I didn't wake up. Imagine if I would have gave up. Imagine if I would have, you know, never, never been here anymore. But I was talking to somebody about this the other day at work. It's crazy to think, like, if you've ever had a suicidal thought or, like, you know, planned suicide, it's, it's really bad, but... 
you don't you don't think that you're going to be alive so you don't know how to navigate the world so it's like now sometimes I can find myself just winging it every day because I'm like well I, I didn't even know this was going to be you know what I'm saying I didn't know that I would be here I didn't think I would have the opportunity to ever um live in Texas I never I never thought I was going to go to school I thought that was going to be it that day I never I never planned on doing anything else and I remember the first time that I tried to do it and I took a bunch of pills and I laid in my bed and I was just like, yeah, I wasn't sad. I wasn't scared. I felt like I was pretty content with my decision. I was for sure like, okay, like I'm good without this life. And well, clearly it didn't work, but when I woke up, I was angry, but I was like, oh, wow, like, I'm still here. Great. But I remember I woke up and my mom was sitting next to my bed reading my diary. And that was already like, oh, fuck. So I woke up and I tried to close my eyes again. Like I'm going back to sleep. And um, my grandmother, she was standing in the doorway. And she, the only thing she said to me was oh y'all got too much drama going on and she walked away and I'm not even gonna get on her for real for real because that's a whole nother episode but anyways my mom was sitting there reading my diary and she was just like you know how come you didn't tell me a lot of these things and that's what I understand about parents because it's like oh how come you didn't tell me but when were you available when were you ever emotionally available? Let's be let's be serious right now. You're telling me how come I didn't tell you X, Y, and Z? When would I ever feel comfortable enough to even tell you? And in if I know what you're gonna say, why would I tell you? Why would I convince you? But yeah, my mom, she was reading everything. And like I said, like I just said, why would I come tell you? Her response was you have to learn how to forgive people and let it go. Which forgiveness, yes, letting go, yes, but you're skipping the whole process of, okay, well, let's acknowledge that this actually happened to you. You want me to forgive people for situations that I don't even get to talk about, that I don't, I don't even get to say, hey, this happened. You never asked when something happened to me, why something happened to me. You just told me that, oh, you have to learn how to forgive. Why? I was a kid. But that day was, that was, mm-mm. That was the first time I remember um, self-harming. I know one time it got really bad and I got scared as fuck because I was self-harming at my stepmom's house. And I don't know. I don't think she was home. I think it was just me and my little sister. And I would typically cut my arms. I mean, I've cut my wrists, but I never got too into my wrists. I would usually do my arms my my thighs and I've done my stomach before and I remember doing it and I couldn't control the blood like this is getting graphic but I couldn't and I was like oh my I just fucked up like I I just knew that I had fucked up and I went out there and nobody knew I was self-arming so I went out there to the living room with a towel on my arm and I was just like I don't know what to do and she was freaking out and she was just like what's wrong like why did you do that and it was just like you know I don't know I was hurting I was hurting bad 
I remember the first time I uh, started self-harming and started cutting myself. I was like, um, how old was I? I think I was in seventh grade. Yeah, I think it was like seventh grade, first started self-harming. And that I started doing that because my dad stopped showing up for me. And he stopped being there for me. Not that he was ever present, but he was already halfway present. And then he just became, you know, not really present at all. And I know, I remember that hurting me so bad. And so I would cut my arms because I was like, I want to feel something. And I didn't care if it was pain. And I I know over time, because I self-harmed for a long time. I self-harmed until I was like 21, I think. 21, 22. But I did it for a long time to the point where I didn't. it didn't hurt. I didn't feel anything anymore. I felt like I was numb when I would do it. But luckily now I haven't done it in the longest time, but that was that was hard. Like I know I used to just take the um the shavers, the razors. I guess I should call it a razor. But I would cut the razors that you use to shave your legs and I would pop the blades out and just have keep the blades. Yeah. That was that was a bit much, wasn't it? You're right. You're right. Um I'm going to go <laughs> into something else. Anyways, wow. Oh, my God. The self-reflection is really crazy to think that I was doing that to myself. Like, that's really crazy to think. But you can't see them anymore. Most of them are healed. Um, I got tattoos on my arms and my wrists, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't know. The ones on my legs, you can't really see. Well, you can see some of them. Some of them are still, like little lines but they're not that bad but anywho that just brings me to my last point of failing being okay because I'm so hard on myself and I feel like I have to fail in order to move forward in life because if I never try then I never try but if I try and I fail then I know what to do next time so I'd rather try and fuck it up and be like, okay, well, this is how this is how I fucked up last time. So let me try it this way. Then to just be like, I'm not going to do nothing. I'm not going to try to do this. I'm not going to try to get better. I'm not going to try to heal. I'm not doing none of that shit. I'd rather say, okay, well, let me take these steps and see how they work out for me and fail at them than to just not put any effort into being the best version of myself, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like that's something everybody should do. Like, everybody should at least give themselves the opportunity to fail than to say you never tried to do anything for yourself. Which is something I'm working on. Even the smallest things, like, in my opinion, for myself. Even the small, like, even failing a test. I'm like, okay, well, well, this is why you failed. But now I know next time, okay, like, this is what I need to do better. Like, if I want, if I want this outcome... Then I, I need to do this. Even if that includes failing, you'll still you're still gonna get an outcome even from failure. And sometimes it don't even have to be a, a bad outcome. Like, you know, it could be a lesson. But yeah, that's my that's my story. What is that one thing that be like, well, that's my life? Oh yeah, that was TikTok. Well, that's my life. But listen, this is my idea. I don't think my family's gonna support me hundred percent, but I wanted to do a book and I think I'm going to do like a tell all 
and not include names because I don't I don't want to name drop. God forbid my family is kind of uh, and they might just sue me. But I'm thinking of writing a book because I really have a lot to say. And I feel like a lot of people don't know a lot of things that went on. And I would love to just, I feel like writing a book would just be my final, like, you know, like final release. Like, okay, I finished writing the book. I get to the last chapter and I'm like, oh, wow. I just let a load off. Like, that's what I want the book to be for me. Like, my not like I said, you're going to keep healing, but like my final like step, like, okay, once this comes out, I've laid everything on the table. I got to say what I need to say. And no one can tell me shit because it's my book and I'm telling my truth. But yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Being a listening ear or ears, as I should say. And make sure you guys tune into the next episode of the Black Fat Girl podcast.